You are listening to Infertility and Beyond. We are your hosts, Amy and Sasha. For us, it has not been easy trying to conceive. Come join us on this journey as we talk all things infertility, share our stories and the stories of others, bring you information surrounding fertility treatments, grief, and everything in between. We are here to connect and empower women as they navigate all things infertility and beyond. Let's get into today's episode. In 2016, Chloe was suffering from irregular periods and acne, which led to a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. She was told to start thinking about pregnancy and having a baby if she wanted a family. However, she was only 19 years old and this came as a huge shock. Instead, she tried fixing her issues with a contraceptive pill, which provided to be absolutely useless. So she decided to stop taking the pill altogether. Fast forward a few years later and still thinking that she would struggle to conceive naturally, Chloe, who was not at all trying to have a baby at this time, found out she was pregnant for the first time through the most heartbreaking way. She was at her best friend's wedding and she started bleeding uncontrollably and experiencing a pain like no other. Thinking that it was just a heavy period, she quickly realized something was seriously wrong when she ended up in emergency surgery, as it was not in fact her period, it was an ectopic pregnancy and her right fallopian tube had completely ruptured. After Chloe's miscarriage, they realized how much a baby would really mean to them and they dove right back into trying after she recovered from her surgery. Sadly, an ectopic pregnancy and ruptured fallopian tube was was only just the beginning of a long list of bad news delivered to Chloe and her partner. She had now been diagnosed with endometriosis, been told her AMH levels were that of a 40-year-old and had two miscarriages and gone through ovulation induction medication. Her mental health has suffered significantly, as you can imagine, but she is not giving up hope on her dream to become a mother. Thank you for opening up your heart and wounds to our listeners and sharing your story, Chloe. You are not alone in this. But before we get into today's episode, we have Ash with a fertility fact. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, is the most common hormonal disorder in women of reproductive age. It affects about 8 to 13% of women, about 1 in 10, from when their periods begin to when they reach menopause. PCOS can cause period problems, trouble falling pregnant, acne, excess hair growth, and excess weight gain. There is currently no cure for PCOS and it does not go away on its own. Even after menopause, women with PCOS often continue to have high levels of androgens as well as insulin resistance. This means that the health risks associated with PCOS are lifelong. Yeah, wow. I didn't know that PCOS was lifelong. Like it's um, silly that I didn't know that, but I just assumed that like, yeah, when you went through menopause, like it would not be there so yeah, kind of go away with like you know your periods go away you just yeah. assume will go away as well it's just crazy. yeah that sucks that's really like that and it's considering it's so um common as well like it's crazy that so many people actually suffer with it um and it is lifelong it's kind of like endometriosis it's yeah it sucks yeah, it does yeah. all right guys well let's get into today's episode Hi 
Chloe. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. We can't wait to have you. That's okay. Thank you for having me. No, pleasure. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so my name's Chloe. I live on the Gold Coast in Queensland. I am 24, almost 25. Um, I have a fur baby named Peaches. She's a scary looking Dutch Shepherd that's like a little lap baby. Um, <laughs> and I have been on my um, TTC journey probably since um, the start of it would have been September 2020. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just been like a whirlwind of events since then it's just been sort of one thing after another um but it's yeah it's been difficult but we're hoping things are looking up (laughs) yay well take us back to um March 2016 that's probably the first time you were seeing some signs of I guess what people might say abnormalities or something that um could kind of prompt you to know something was up yeah um so back so I probably got my period when I was I think 13 or 14 I was really quite young I think I was still in primary school and I've always had painful periods irregular periods like full full full-on periods like it's just it's always been intense for me um and I got put on the pill of a at a really young age for that purpose I used to get really really bad acne um like all over my back all over my face um and at the time the doctor was like oh the pill's gonna help you with your periods as well I was like okay sweet it was perfect um then like obviously starting to become like sexually active it was just sort of the weight sort of got lifted off and you're like you're never gonna fall pregnant um and then I after about five years of being on the pill, something just changed within my body and I started having irregular periods again. They were painful. My acne started coming back. So I went to um, back to my GP that I'd been seeing since I was like a kid and just sort of explained everything. And he was like, I think we um, we'll, do, we'll, do a, we'll do a blood test. We'll do a scan. Um, but I think something's wrong. I was like, okay, cool. No problem. So I went and had a ultrasound that was the first time that I'd had an internal ultrasound. Didn't know what the hell that was. Like, that was a bit freaky. Um, so I had one of those, um, got the results, went back to the GP. And they, so in order to diagnose PCOS, you have to have three of the indicators. So I think it's cysts on your ovaries, um, the indicators in your blood, and then um, symptoms. I had all three. Um, so I got diagnosed then with that. Um, and the GP was like, you need to, um, start thinking about when you want to have kids because you're going to struggle falling pregnant. It's got not going to be normal for you. Um, you start thinking about it, blah, blah, blah. I went home, told my partner who I've been with since I was 16. Um, so we'd been together for two years at that point. We were still like, we were nine. 18 19 so like kids and all of that wasn't even really a thing at at that time we were still we were living at home with my parents um so and I told my mum I'm really close with my mum um I told her and my partner and my mum like I I remember this clear as day like sitting down on the couch and they were like okay you need to like you need to think about having kids like do you need to like 
freak eggs because um so my mum my parents had me through IVF um whole other story it was like unexplained fertility tried for five years third round of IVF it worked um but then my brother was like completely natural they never found anything wrong with either of my parents um so my mum like knew this whole ordeal and she was like you need to start thinking about it I was like no put it put it to the back of my mind didn't think anything of it got um tried a couple of other contraceptive pills to regulate my period or help with the symptoms nothing worked so I just went cold turkey got off the pill just sort of went on with my life pushed it to the back of my mind didn't do anything to deal with it um and then the 19th of September came so 20 so 2020 we were at um one of our best friend's weddings and it was it was like I don't know the day is the next cut like it was all a little bit of a blur for me. I don't remember much of it. And I hate because my best friend like talks about her wedding and I'm like, I don't remember that. Like I've just sort of cut out the day. So ceremony was beautiful. We were sitting um, in the reception and I just started to get this like excruciating pain in my stomach. I didn't really think anything of it. I just was like, um it's my period's probably just all over the place again went to the bathroom I had bleeding um I was like oh it's just a bad period like I'll be fine I'll be fine night went on the pain got worse and worse so that was on the Saturday um I took like every painkiller you could possibly think of and nothing would subside we after this after the reception ended up going to like another person like another person's house to celebrate the wedding and it was like we didn't go home until three o'clock in the morning and that was purely just because my pain had gotten worse like we would have kept we would kept partying um then all day Sunday I just didn't really know what was going on like I was lying in bed then I I had about like six or seven showers just because the pain was just next level like I could not get rid of it um but I just I still just never thought anything of it I was like it's just a bad period like nothing's wrong with me I'm okay um but then like something in the back of my mind was like no something's wrong like something is severely wrong um so we called the home doctor Sunday night uh, we called them at like seven eight o'clock they didn't end up coming until like 3 a.m um and he was like oh, I think you're having a miscarriage I'm like I'm not pregnant like I can't be pregnant we weren't like we weren't really trying um there was a couple of occasions where we were like oh we could be like could fall pregnant we knew that it could be a possibility but we we're like well I'm not going to fall pregnant easily. Like I have PCOS. It's just not even an option. Um, so there was only like two occasions where we thought it was possible. Um, but it just Because were you ovulating at this point? Like you were having the really long cycles, but were you getting the signs of ovulation so that you could think, like I know a lot of people with PCOS aren't, don't really ovulate. So they think, oh, well, I wouldn't be getting pregnant anyway. Honestly, back then, I like I had no idea. I was oblivious yeah. to like ovulation. I didn't even know there was four like four stages of your cycle. Like I was completely oblivious to everything. I had no idea. Um, just because I yeah pushed it to the back of my mind, I was like, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just a regular girl. I just got fucked up periods. Like yeah, I just how long yeah, you- just didn't really yeah. think about it. How long were your periods? Sorry, 
Um, oh, like I had some that were like three days and then I would not bleed for like a week and then I'd have a period for two weeks and I would miss two months. It was literally oh, like wow. all over the place. Like yeah. there was so just it was, no. Rather than just having like really long spells of no bleeding, you sort of had like patches of different bleeding as well. So like breakthrough yeah. bleeding. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was, wow. yeah, literally like all over the place. So, um, so yeah, the doctor came out, yeah, we did a pregnancy test. He was like, you're pregnant, but I think having a miscarriage. And my partner and I were just sort of like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> don't really understand what's going on right now. Um, but he was like, but I think you may be having an ectopic. At the time, I didn't know what an ectopic was. Like, never even heard of the word. Because... Um, None of my, I have like two friends that are older that have kids, but apart from that, like I don't really have anyone around me that had fallen pregnant or like had kids or anything. We we're sort of like the first ones out of all of our friends to start trying. Um, so we, yeah. So three o'clock, he was like, "You're pregnant, but I think you're having a topic. I think you need to go to the hospital." Um. Was the key so, indicator for that, like the pain, like the severe pain that you yeah. were in or? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The pain. Yeah. Okay. It was just, oh, I could not even explain it. Um, and then, so we went to the hospital about six, six o'clock. I think by the time the doctor left and we got to the hospital, it would have been, yeah, probably about six. Um, COVID rules. My partner could not even come into emergency. He had to drop me at the door. Um, so I had to go in and sort of do it all by myself. Um, so we went in, they pretty much, I don't even really remember. Um, like I remember patches of this, um, but they, I don't remember sitting in emergency or if I had to wait for long, but they took me through, pumped me full of drugs because the pain, like I have a really high pain threshold. And when I say it was painful, like it's just a whole nother level. Um, then they waited for the ultrasound to be open at seven. And I remember this like clear as day. She took me in and she was so lovely. Like she was so kind, but she, they did an internal ultrasound and she pointed out the pregnancy on the scan. And that just hit me like, this is real. Like this is actually happening. Um, and then did they say how far along you were at the time or did they not really know at that point she she said to me that I was about six weeks yeah um but when because I I've always sort of tracked when we had sex I don't know why it's just always I don't know I've just always done it so um we but it didn't work out that I would have been about six weeks like I would have been about eight or nine weeks so yeah thinking maybe like it's the baby stopped growing or um but so she showed me the baby and then my right fallopian tube had actually ruptured um so that's sort of why I was in such um a large amount of pain and why there was so much blood um so they rushed me into surgery um was that like an ectopic then like or do they say like there's a baby over here and it's completely right spot no heartbeat um the baby was like 
floating around, if that makes sense, because the tube had ruptured. Okay, so, so it was, yeah, an ectopic. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, so the, the baby got stuck in the tube and then the, it had grown to the point where the tube had ruptured. Um, yeah. So I had, like, excess amount of blood, like, just floating around everywhere and um, yeah. the baby was just sort of, yeah, Oh yeah, it was just a mess. Yeah. Um, so they took me into surgery through keyhole. Um, I remember, like, I woke up after surgery, and I don't deal with anesthesia very. Oh, is it anesthesia? I can't say the word properly. Um, I don't deal with it very well sometimes. So I woke up throwing things at the nurses, like abusing them, because all I wanted was my partner, and I hadn't seen him since. He dropped me at the hospital at like six o'clock in the morning and this was like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And um we actually had my partner's one of my partner's sisters formals that day. And like I, I've been yeah with my partner since high school. So his I don't have sisters, so his sisters are pretty much my family. So I missed his um second youngest sister's formal, which was it was really heartbreaking that I didn't get to be there. Um, but he, yeah, was there all day. And I've, like, since heard the stories, apparently he was just, like, all over the place. He didn't really know what was going on. Like, we hadn't really told anyone at that point. I told my mom. I called her after the home doctor came and told her. Um, so my mom and my dad and my partner knew, but we didn't really tell anyone else at that point. Um See, I woke up after the surgery, throwing things at the nurses, like abusing them because I just wanted my partner. Um, I remember like falling back asleep and then they moved me into a room and they, one of the nurses in the ward was, she was so kind. She got permission for my partner to come in and see me um, because they put you, after you've had like a miscarriage or like a surgery like that that like removes a pregnancy or anything they put you in the maternity ward around a bunch of pregnant women like I don't know whose idea like it's just not a smart move to put someone that's just lost a pregnancy around a bunch of people that are having babies like you can hear the babies crying like it's just it's not it's not a smart way but I guess that's just hospitals and the way of thinking now I guess and pair that with the fact that you couldn't have your support. No. Like, you know, your mum or your partner or anything. It just would have been very torturous. So, yeah, I don't I don't know why they do that. There's definitely a gap in the system there where they, they – it is it is so common for women to go through loss um, and things like miscarriage and having to have DNCs and everything. And I, I really think that you there should be some sort of a special little ward dedicated to that because there's more than enough times that that happens yeah yeah definitely and it was just I was lucky enough to I think because of my the way I was throwing things and aggro and everything um they put me in my own ward which was really good um but I was so like my partner came and I still only remember like bits and pieces because I was so drugged out of it and I remember calling um my mum and one of my um best friends at the time and I was just like I was not with it I wasn't making sense and I made I remember lying in the bed and my partner was in the chair next to me and I just kept like nodding in and out and I made him like 
hold my hand the entire time and I wouldn't let him let go even when he tried to leave and I'm like you can't leave me like you just I just need you here like I don't need you talking I just need you here with me and he was like I can't stay like I have to go they're closing like it's visiting hours over um so I had to stay overnight and then the um doctor came around the next morning and that's when they sort of explained the surgery and everything to me um and he was like look so you've had an ectopic your um tube ruptured we've had to remove the pregnancy um I still had a drainage tube hanging out of me after the surgery because they took out 1.5 liters of blood in the surgery and I still had more blood coming out after the surgery through the drainage tube um And then he said, um, when we were in there, like doing the surgery, we also noticed that you have um, quite an extensive amount of endometriosis all over your ovaries. I didn't know that I had endometriosis. So then being told that was just like a whole nother level. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm, We'll just add that to my list. Like another thing on top of your PCOS PCOS and already struggling. Yeah you know yeah I was like cool we'll just add that to my list of things like I've already got PCOS I've just lost a tube now I've got this like I've just lost okay a cool child. yeah exactly and yeah. I was like okay we'll just pile it on like it's cool Chloe can handle it um so did they remove it during that surgery or were they saying that they that you had to get another laparoscopy to do like to handle that Honestly, like I've had such issues with the hospital, they were hopeless. Um, they didn't, they just said, you've got it. Like they didn't oh, remove it. God. They didn't tell me what I needed to do. Like they were just like, yep, you've got it. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, they took the drainage tube out. I, that was painful and a whole nother level because you can literally feel like the tube moving around in your tummy as they pull it out. Um, so I went home. So this was, so that happened on the Monday. Then the Tuesday I went home. They were like, if you have bleeding, if you have pain, then you need to come back. Um, I had bleeding and pain again on the Friday. So I went back into the hospital. Um, they took me through straight away. In the time of like three days, the rules had changed with hospitals. So my partner could then come in with me. And I was like, this this is messed up. Like how can they change in three days? Like he couldn't be there for the surgery, but you can now tell me that he can come through now. Um, so yeah, we went back on the Friday, he came through and they pulled and they did all these, they did a scan, they did a blood test and they took me into this like little room in emergency and shut the door. And they were like, look, we don't know. We think you still might be pregnant. And I was like, excuse me, what? Like, what are you saying? And they were like, we think that you had twins. One got stuck in the fallopian tube, but the other one made it through. Um, so we think you still might be pregnant. What, how like, would they have not picked that up on the, the first scan, though? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. And I was like, okay, all, all right, we'll just, okay. So my partner and I were like, okay, we're having a kid we're pregnant like this is happening um and then they were like but we need you to come back in a couple in a couple of days um because the they needed to get something from the doctor or findings or I don't know something so we sort of come to terms with that and then a couple of days later we were back in the hospital again because they wanted us to come back for a follow-up um yeah we'd come to terms we were having we were pregnant like we were having a kid um and back a couple of days later and they were like look sorry we're wrong we just 
suck the pregnancy up in amongst all of the blood Um, because normally they would send the pregnancy away for testing but because I had so much blood it got sucked up in the blood and thrown into waste I'm like how can you like tell me something like that like that's horrendous and it was so were they saying the second pregnancy got sucked up into no no they were wrong there was no second pregnancy it was just okay jesus it was just one you would have just been like wrong just tell me what's actually going on like this is an emotional roller coaster for god's sakes like can you like i just need straight answers like i I can't i just need to know what's going on so um at that point it was and then it i went into like and then it was just time to like recover from the surgery um at the time i'd worked in um the legal industry i'd worked in law since I'd left high school up until 2020 um it was stressful like it was a full-on job um I worked such long hours it was stressful um so after my surgery I just I just quit I was like I can't do this anymore I can't do this job I just I completely shut off I pushed everyone away um I shut off to the world I just I couldn't cope um because I just sort of pushed it to the back of my mind and I remember a couple of times I would message my partner while he was um he'd had he'd gone back to work after sort of a week and a half after looking after me um and he and I would just like uh, he could just tell with what I was saying that something was wrong and he'd call me and I just couldn't talk to him and I was like I just, like I just don't know what to say to you right now I can't I can't talk to you I can't sort of like hear your voice um so he would message or call my dad and my dad would call me and we would sit on mute like just not talking for like half an hour or an hour just and it was just knowing that someone was there but I just like I just couldn't cope um so I sort of went through that for a couple of weeks and then I slowly sort of got back into, um, I just got like a part-time job. Um, just, yeah, sort of took day by day. And then as soon as we could start sort of trying, um, so about two months after, so, so November 2020, we started trying again. Um, and then it was just like every month. Okay, cool. You're not because my period had regulated by that point for some reason. Um, which so I think was it back was to like, thirty days, like back down to that twenty eight thirty day mark. Um, mine was thirty five. Mine's okay, yeah. sort of been thirty five. Um, it had yeah gone to thirty five. Um, it was around about thirty. Like I didn't get it on the day, but it was around about thirty five days. Um. So, yeah, we started trying again at that point. Like, I still didn't really know much about ovulation. Um, I was like, you just have to have sex to fall pregnant. Like, I didn't really, just have like, sex every day. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And I was like, we're just going to, yeah, try. Um, yeah, after the ectopic, it was really hard. I still, to this day, like, I've never met anyone that's had an ectopic or that's, like, lost a fallopian tube. Um, I've Yeah, I've got two um two of my best friends are older and they've both got four kids each but they've never like 
really struggled. Um, like one of them had a miscarriage, but um, like their kids are beautiful, but they were really fortunate with their pregnancies. Um, so I've just sort of like inherited their kids as my own. <laughs> um, but it was hard because I didn't, I didn't really know anyone that had sort of like gone through a miscarriage. Um, I joined like a Facebook group um, for ectopics and miscarriages, but I found a lot of the people on there were like older than me or already had kids and had had, it had happened with their second or their third. And I just, I felt like I couldn't really connect with anyone that had been through that as their first sort of pregnancy experience where it was so intense. Um, so it was hard. With like the um, losing a tube. And I think this is another thing, like, I don't know whether, you know, like obviously when you're ovulating, depending on what side you're ovulating on, like you could, you know, have a really great thing that you've ovulated all that month or whatever, you know, had sex at all the windows, done all the right things, but yet, it was it ovulated from the wrong side. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's the thing with um, losing a tube that's really hard is obviously you've got the issues you already had and then you have that. So now it's like, okay, well, is this month going to work? Is this month not going to work? Um, and, yeah, I guess there's – I don't know if there's even a way – maybe if you were seeing a fertility specialist, there, there could be a way that they could detect which ovary because, like, obviously if they do yeah. stuff. But, yeah. again, when you're younger and you're not too sure and you are just trying to still keep that excitement there and stuff, it is hard to kind of – like, I think what knowing what you know now, you might know that, but maybe at the time too you're like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, did they – did that? I guess the hospital probably didn't tell you a lot of information surrounding no. what that could look like for you. No, they were they were hopeless. Um, yeah. So yeah, we they were just. I didn't really get any information out of them. I was pretty. I was very well kept in the dark and sort of had to find out a lot of information for myself, um, which sort of like put me on the path of. Um, so yeah, we started trying every month, and it was just like give them my guts, and then you would have like symptoms. You're know, like, am I pregnant? Am I not? And I would think back to like when I would have been pregnant with the ectopic and I did have, like I think about it now and I did have some symptoms and I remember saying like twice to um, once to like my boss at the time and another time to my partner and I was like, I think I'm pregnant. I'm like, no. And then I would just like talk myself out. I'm like, no, you're being stupid. Like you're not, it's not possible. Like you're not pregnant. We weren't like, you can't fall pregnant that easily. Um, So every time like I would have a, a pregnancy symptom I was like am I pregnant and god the amount of like tests I would go through was ridiculous um and then about March 2021 so March last year we didn't stop trying but I was like doing all the right not like the right things but I was I wouldn't really drink I was eating all the right foods I was tracking everything like I was just doing everything I possibly could. And I was so like anal about everything. And I was like, we have to have sex at like this day at this time. And it was just, it was so full on that about March, um, we were like, okay, we're going to take a step back. We're just, we're going to try, but we're not going to be like anal about it. Like I, it was my partner's sister's 18th birthday. And I was like, it's her 18th. Like I'm going to enjoy this with her. Um, We're going to have like a good time. 
I remember like getting a little bit drunk that night and it's always the case like it's always those times that you do fall pregnant um so we found out on the 6th of April I think it was um that I was pregnant again um so at that point my period had sort of I hadn't had a period since February so I had a period in February I fell pregnant in March found out at the very start of April I was, was about that just through at home testing like, yeah or were you yeah, yeah. sort of starting to feel little symptoms and were you getting an inkling or were you just like religiously testing and then that's how you found out um I didn't know that time I didn't know um I like I thought about it but I was like no like we weren't really trying like I was drunk like the the night that I know it would have happened um and then yeah so I did a pregnancy test and I did like the week one and it said I would have been about five or six weeks um so that was on the Tuesday and I just remember like we were so excited my birthday was the week later so we were meant to like we were going to surprise all of my family um, or both of our families at like my birthday dinner and tell them that we were pregnant. I told um, one of my best friends, um, the one, one of them that has the four kids and my partner had told her partner because they worked together. Um, so we told them because she was like coming to the birthday dinner and she was going to like record all of our family's um, reactions and everything and we just like we got so excited we started like like I mean like within 24 hours we were like looking at baby products we were just like over the moon um and then we went it was a long I think it was a long weekend that weekend or I don't even remember we went um so that was on the Tuesday we went camping on the weekend um and I remember like i everyone we went camping with didn't know we went like we went camping with the couple that knew but everyone else that was there didn't know um we went with like a bunch of people that were like older and there was like a thousand kids um but we were just like sort of hush hush and everyone's like why aren't you drinking why aren't you celebrating and I'm like oh, I'm just trying not to drink at the moment um and like I think a couple of people like picked up on it but I just didn't we just didn't really want to tell anyone um and then the Saturday while we were camping that night I just I started to get this like little bit of pain like it was very very small amount of pain but I um started bleeding and at first I was like it's just like it's bleed it's normal to sometimes bleed um nothing's really wrong and then I went to the bathroom again and there was more blood and it just there was more and more and I like straight away I just knew that something was wrong um and my partner at that point we ended up telling a couple of people that we were camping with um like I ended up trying to talk like ask a couple of the girls and I was like is this normal like what's going on um and like one of the girls was like I had a, I had my I had my first period like the start of my pregnancy I had a period and the other one was like I bled the whole way through and I was like I don't I don't think this is normal like I think something's wrong and my partner just kept sitting there and he was like no everything's okay like don't stress you're stressing yourself out and I was like no like I know something is wrong something's not right so I called the hospital um because we were out camping out the back of um 
Mount Tambourine and I called the hospital and I was like, look, I'm like five, six weeks pregnant. I've had a, like I've had a history of an ectopic. Um, so because I've had that ectopic, I'm at a higher risk of having another one. Um, and they were like, okay, I think you need to come to the hospital. So COVID rules had come back into play. My partner wasn't allowed to come to like into the hospital. So um, I was like, you stay camping. There's no point you even coming because you wouldn't even be able to be there. Um, so I drove like 45 minutes to um, back to the same hospital um, that I'd had the ectopic with because it was the closest hospital. Stupid me, shouldn't have gone there. Um, I went in and I sat in um, emergency. It was like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And so the closest hospital for me is Logan. I don't know if either of you know Logan very well, but it's it's a whole nother area. Um, so I sat in emergency at like 11, 12 o'clock at night on a Saturday with a bunch of like people coming off drugs or like it was just it was so sketchy and they had me sitting there and waiting for probably like three hours and it was to the point where I started yelling at them and I was like you need to check me like if I lose another tube all hell will break loose like this cannot happen again like I cannot let this happen did you sorry to cut you off did did you tell them um that you were pregnant or yeah yeah that's yeah. weird because usually when you're when you say you're pregnant like your first priority so mm. yeah yeah no they just <laughs> they knew I was pregnant they knew like I told them that I'd had a history of an ectopic I'd lost my tube before it had only been like four or five months since I was in there last they had everything there and they just still made me sit there and wait and the pain just sort of got worse and worse mm-hmm. um so they took me through, like, finally, um, they did blood tests and they said that my um, my HDG levels were going down. Um, so because in between the Tuesday and when the miscarriage happened, so it had been five days in between when I found out I was pregnant and I had the miscarriage, in between those five days, I'd actually gone to the GP and told him and he'd um, we'd done a blood test, but I hadn't got the results yet. So um, when I was at the hospital, they were able to pull up those results and they could see that my HCG levels had gone down since um, I'd had the blood test. I think I had the blood test on the Friday morning before we went camping. Um, so those results and see that the hcg had gone down so um she it was i think one two o'clock at that point um and they were like well we want to keep you until 7 a.m because we want to do a scan and make sure everything's okay and i'm like no i want to go home i'm over like i just i don't want to deal with this anymore i just i want to go home i want my bed i just i want to feel all of this and because i was alone again i just I felt like I couldn't just sit in a corner and cry in a hospital around a bunch of random people. So I, yeah, just wanted to go home. I remember calling my mum at like, oh, I don't even remember what time it was. And I just burst into tears 
she was like, are you okay? Like what's wrong? She'd been at the, like the football with my dad that night. Um, and I remember just yeah, breaking down. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I'm pregnant, but I'm losing it. Um, I'm really sorry. You're not going to be a grandmother. And my mum just, she was like, it's okay. Like, why, why are you saying sorry to me? Like this, I, I, you don't need to be sorry to me. And I, I just couldn't, it was so hard ringing her and telling her that I'd kept it from her. Cause my mom, like my mom and I talk every day, multiple times a day. Like we are really, really close. And we tell like, I tell her everything and it was really hard not telling her for those five days. So I just sort of didn't contact her for five days because I didn't know how to like tiptoe around the, around the Did um, you want to like surprise her or did you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 We were, yeah, we were going to surprise all of our families and then yeah. um, like both of our families and it just, it, yeah, it was really hard. Like just calling her and being like, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm losing another one. Um, so went home. I remember like getting my dog and I just, I just laid there and I just cuddled her for hours and just cried. And she's, she's so good. Like she knows when something's wrong, like she would not leave my side no matter what, like she would not, she had to be touching me at all times. Um, so my partner come home from camping the next morning and I had like kept him up to date throughout the night and sort of told him what was going on. Um, so I just, yeah, sort of dealt with that. I dealt with it better than what I dealt with the ectopic because it was just like, okay, here's another one. Like, we'll just go through this again. Um, but I like allowed myself to sort of feel it all that time because with the topic I hadn't I'd pushed it down and just I brought it back up like a month later as where with the miss with the second miscarriage I just I knew that I needed to deal with it to be able to sort of move on from it if that makes sense um so then I had my birthday we'd told um our friends at that point that I was pregnant but we'd lost it um so we just sort of moved, yeah, moved on from that. Um, and then I decided that we were going to see a fertility specialist. Um, so I went in to see him. Um, we went through everything. I gave him all my history. Um, and then he wanted to do a blood test just to sort of check everything. Um, so we did that and then I went back probably about a week, a week and a half later. Um, and he told me that my AMH levels were the same as a 40 year old. And I was like, cool. We'll add another thing to my list. Like we'll just add another, another issue to my problems. So when um, you said the AMH thing was the level of a 40 year old, like, did he explain that to you in further detail? Like, cause obviously, you know, you had been you had conceived twice, but is he, is he mm-hmm. really kind of say um, the reason they weren't viable was because of your AMH or did he just want just like, was there anything? So, yep. So he said my, a, my AMH level at that time could have been because of my previous miscarriage, okay. but 
Um, he said the topic, they're just like a freak accident. Like you can't even, there's no, there's no cause for them. Like they're yeah. just something that happens. Um, the miscarriage, he thinks that um, something was just, it just wasn't the right sort of time. So there was some, there was potentially something wrong with the baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I went back to, he didn't. Like, he explained to me it, um, like, sort of what it is um, and the, like, yeah, the quality and the count and everything. But, yeah, he thinks that it could have been a result of my previous miscarriage. So he didn't want to – he wanted to do another test in another month's time just to see if it was still the same result. Um, But when I went in to get the result for my AMH (laughs) – I I was pregnant. I just knew in my head we'd started trying again after the miscarriage at the start of April. We'd started trying um, at the end of April, start of May. Um, And I just, I don't know, there was just something in my head and I was like, I'm pregnant. Like, I know I'm pregnant. I know. Like, I just, I just know. Like, um, I had like I had the sore boobs I was peeing all the time I hadn't had a period again since February because I had fallen pregnant had the miscarriage and I hadn't got a pregnancy I had sorry I hadn't got a period again um and after a miscarriage you're more fertile so you're at a higher chance of falling pregnant um but we weren't when I say we weren't trying like we were but we weren't like same as the time in March like we were trying but we weren't tracking we weren't um sort of like I wasn't being strict with what I was eating and drinking like we were just if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't sort of thing um so I remember sitting in the specialist office um on yeah like the 20th of May and I was like I'm pregnant like I know I'm pregnant he was like no you can't be like you've just had a miscarriage um you haven't really been trying. Like, I don't think you're pregnant. I think you're just, you're losing the plot. So not losing the plot, but he was like, I think you're just, um, you're holding on to hope that you are. I was like, no, like, I know, I know that I'm right. Um, so I did a test three days later and it was the faintest line. Like it was the absolute faintest line. And I remember texting it to my mum straight away and I was like, there's a line there. And she's like, no, I don't think there is. I think, I think it's just like the, um, I think it's just a shadow. And I was like, no, there's a line. And then I did one like two hours later and it was dark. And I remember running out to my partner on the couch and I threw it in his face. And I was like, I'm not crazy. Like I'm pregnant. And it was just like, I was over the moon. And then I did like a test every day and it just got darker and darker and darker. Um, and I was so like it just, I was so excited. Like I could not be more happier at that point. Um, but my partner was, he was very hesitant, um, to sort of let himself feel that we were pregnant. Um, because we've had, because we'd had the other two losses. He was like, I don't want to hold on to I don't want to get my hopes up in case something does happen again which I understand but it was hard because I wanted to sit there and like I'm I'm a talker I want to I want to talk through everything um as where he 
struggles a little bit with that. So um, it was sort of hard to talk to him and get excited with him when he was trying to allow himself to get excited um, in case something did happen. So um, I went back to the specialist um, on the 4th of June. Um, He did a scan, confirmed I was pregnant. Um, but he said I was still early and we, cause we didn't know when we would have conceived and cause I didn't have a period since Feb, he couldn't tell too much how far, how far along I was. Um, so we did a H, we did a couple of, um, blood tests just to make sure my HCG levels were going up. They were perfect. Like they, they were going up at the right speed. Everything was fine. Um, then I went back to see him on the 15th um, and I did another H- I did another blood test to check my HCG and he, at that point, they weren't doubling. Um, they were going up, but they weren't going up as much as what he wanted. Um, we did another scan and it had grown, but again, he didn't know how far along I was because we didn't know when we conceived didn't know um I hadn't had a period so it was really hard to sort of to know um and he was like we'll give it another two weeks we'll do another scan at that point because at that point we should hear a heartbeat um that two weeks was like heart-wrenching um I did like didn't know what to think didn't know what was going on I just I tried to not think about it too much but like it controls your life it's all you can think about day and night um so I went back on the 29th um of June and we did another scan again um and he confirmed that um the baby had stopped growing at six weeks um but the sac the gastration gastrational sac I think it's called um had actually grown to 10 weeks um so he said I can either wait to um miscarry it naturally I can have a surgery to remove the pregnancy or I can um have the tablet to sort of abort the pregnancy um at that point I had really really bad morning sickness um and as horrible as it is to say I just I wanted it over so I could move on um and sort of just move forward um so we booked in to have the surgery two days later um because he he sort of explained all of the risks with me um he said like if I waited to miscarry it naturally I could um it may not happen like I may still end up needing the surgery um if I take the tablet I may not miscarry it completely I may again need the surgery to clear the rest of it out if that possibly happens and I was like nope we're just going to do the surgery we're going to get it sort of all over and not all over and done with but we're just gonna get it done right the first time so I'm not left in the dark and I know exactly what's going on um because my specialist is private I was able to go through I went through a different hospital and I cannot fault him like the the hospital I went through the third time and my specialist he was amazing like the whole hospital was absolutely amazing um I so I went in for the day surgery I remember the morning of the surgery my partner's driving me to the hospital 
and I'm sitting there in the car on the way, like throwing my guts up. And I just, I was like, I just, I don't want this morning sickness over and done with. Like, I just, I want this over. And then because COVID rules had come back in again, he had to drop me at the door. I had to go through and sort of do it by myself. Um, and I, while I was sitting there like waiting for the, for the surgery, um, we had to wear a mask and I'm running to the bathroom to throw up like the whole morning before the surgery sitting at the hospital while I was waiting and I just I just wanted it over um I just wanted to yeah move on from it um so we did the surgery um I remember waking up and I had like all these like nurses around me asking me if I was okay if I needed anything and I just I broke down into tears and I was like, I didn't want to do this. Like I, I, I didn't have a choice. Like I, I just couldn't fathom in my head that, um, so the surgery that he'd done was sort of like a DNC. He didn't call a DNC, but he, he explained that it was, it was like a DNC. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but, um, yeah, he didn't call it a DNC because, but in my mind, I just kept thinking I've like, I've pretty much had an abortion, like, uh, and I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I'd had to abort the pregnancy, even though like I medically had, had to, because the baby was no longer growing. Um, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And I think also having those pregnancy symptoms makes it so much harder to process because oh. you still feel very pregnant and there's so many what ifs in your mind. Like I know that when I was going through my mis- miscarriage, I went through the same thing where I was just hoping that every time I went in to get the scan just before the surgery that they would say, oh, actually we made a mistake because like you are still mm-hmm. feeling pregnant. It's not like you've had, you know, that bleeding and all of those physical signs um, where you can see that it it has passed so um it's it's definitely harder to process I think when when it happens that way yeah it it is it really like and I think just because and I'd known about the pregnancy for over a month like I we'd we'd told like my family knew our closest friends knew um we like I had allowed myself to get excited about it my partner did but he didn't um but it it was hard like we'd looked at my partner had even gone and like he had a ute at the time he'd even gone and sold his car and got like a family car like it was we'd we thought that was it like we thought that was this was going to be our time um but it was I'm glad that I had the surgery because the doctor my specialist sent the pregnancy away to get tested so we could find out um what had actually happened like if something was wrong um so I went back a couple of weeks after the surgery to the specialist and he explained that um the baby was a boy um which 
I was I was really happy about because I knew the whole time I was pregnant I was like it's a boy like I'm telling you it's a boy and my partner's like no it's a girl like I know I'm gonna have a girl first I'm like no it's a boy like I just we'd even made like bets with my family about what we each thought the baby was um so but he explained that um yeah the baby was a boy um and he'd had a whole extra set of cells so what happens is um so the sperm has 23 cells and the egg has 23 cells so that makes um 46 the the baby boy had actually had 69 so he had a whole extra set of cells so my specialist thinks that um two sperm may have gone into the one egg so he said that even if I did hold the pregnancy to full term he wouldn't have lasted like a couple of hours um he would have had like major defects um like he would have had like um missing limbs or like a hole in his heart or like a no brain or like that there just would have been he wouldn't have had a very full or long life um so he said it was um not a blessing in disguise but it it was in a way because it yeah it wouldn't have been a very um yeah long life um so we and then we started talking about sort of what we do moving forward um so he since put me on letrozole to regulate my period um I had to wait two months to go on that after the surgery because my period took two months to come. Um, So I've been on that for five months now. Still not pregnant every month. It's, am I pregnant? I'm testing. Like, is this a period symptom or is this a pregnancy symptom? Um, We're back to, yeah, tracking everything. Um... It, the letrozole's shorten my period to 28 days so I can sort of track. I sort of know when I'm ovulating now, which has been good. Um, but at the – so we're going to go back to the specialist next month um, and sort of see after after six months on the letrozole to see do we keep going on that or do we do some further testing or, like, where we sort of go from here. Um my specialist thinks at the moment I don't have to do IVF um, just yet because he thinks the topic um, was just a freak accident. The first miscarriage, there was something wrong and then same with the second one. Um, so we'll just, yeah, I guess see. Has he thought, is there any, like, genetic testing or anything he's offered you um like for you and your partner um, that you could do in the interim, like um, just to rule anything out? I think that's what the next step is going to be. Yeah. Um, he he doesn't think there's anything wrong with my partner and I. We've just had a very, very unlucky run, yeah. um, which has been, yeah, really unfortunate. But um, he doesn't want to... Because I am still only twenty four, twenty five. Um, he does. He didn't want. To, he doesn't want to go down the path of IVF just yet. Um, and because of all my issues, I I want to do it privately. But we don't have private health, so um, we 
it's just going to be really, really, yeah, Yeah. like very, very expensive. So, um, and I guess you mean you have fallen pregnant before. It's not like, you know, a lot of people who do IVF as well, they've never actually fallen pregnant. So, you know, like you said, you have that hope there. But did he, um, is there a way that he's able to tell you, like, if you're ovulating from what side and stuff? Or is, is that really not something that he's worried about at this point? You know what I mean? With the missing fallopian yeah. Um, He said he's not worried about it at, the mo- at this moment in time um, because... Um, like you said, he, like he said, I've fallen pregnant three times. I don't have an issue falling pregnant. It's yeah. I've just had a really unlucky run and there's been things wrong with the, um, with the baby or like the topic, like just a freak accident. Yeah. Um, every time I see the specialist, I'm like, can you tell my partner to eat healthy and he needs to stop drinking? And he was like, no, honey, like, I'm really sorry. It's, it's not him. Like you're the one you've, you've got, you've got a lot of the problems. And I'm like, freaking hell. Like he needs to eat better. He can't live off KFC. <laughs> so, um, and he's like, no, like it's, it's fine. His diet isn't really going to make that much of a difference. I'm like, why can't you just help me here? <laughs> so, um, you know, my, like, I cannot fault my specialist. Um, he has been absolutely amazing. Like I wish I went and saw him sooner. Um, but I just, yeah, sort of tried to tell myself that I didn't, I didn't need to see a specialist. Like I wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to be that hard to fall pregnant because everyone else falls pregnant that easily. Like, God, everyone I know that's falling pregnant is not trying or barely had to even try for a month. Like, and I'm like, yeah, we're 18 months down the track and still don't have a baby. So, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's hard. It seems unfair. And then you've gone through so much trauma as well. So you're kind of just like, when, yeah. when's my time coming? Like, you know, and I think that thing, if we all, if we all knew why things happen to certain people, we just, you know, it would, it's just, I think it's like life's just not fair. Not that that's really mm-hmm. very by, but um, yeah, I know. Well, you definitely deserve your little miracle and I'm sure they are closer than ever. Um, yeah. I just, it's so, it's so heartbreaking. Like, you know, knowing how badly someone wants something and then not being at them not being able to have it straight away. And yeah, but you guys, you know, and as a relationship, you guys are going really good still. Like obviously your partner seems really supportive and you've got great family and friends around you to kind of, you know, help you mentally and Yeah, my my partner has been it's definitely brought us so much closer. Um I was real I was not worried that like it would tear us apart because I've I've seen it tear relationships apart like I've just known of stories um but it has definitely brought us a lot closer um and we're a lot more um it's helped us sort of communicate a little bit better as well um I definitely it's been hard with a lot of friendships um going through all of this um just because I I do tend to push people away as well when I go through things um and I just I feel like your 20s you're at different phases um to some like to a lot of people as well like you've got some people that are like like me like on a fertility journey you've got other people that are on their second or third kid and you've got other people still living at home and then you've got like other people that are partying every weekend like there's just so many 
like everyone's at a different stage in their 20s and it's hard to sort of grow when you're not wanting to be in a certain situation anymore but certain people want you to be so it's it's definitely hard going through this on um like it's definitely hard on some friendships um it's brought me a lot closer I didn't even think it was possible to get closer with my mum but it's definitely brought me a lot closer with my mum um and my partner's two little sisters um we I'm really really close with them and I'm very open with them as well um in a sense of like they're only 17 and 18 at the moment but I'm like when you want to like don't don't think that when you fall pregnant like it's going to be easy like I'm I'm sort of glad that I can be like I've been somewhat of a role model for them since um I met them almost eight years ago um so it's been good that I can show them that not everyone can fall pregnant so easily because I know like with them a lot of um like my partner's family has fallen pregnant really really easily as where like my mum didn't and I'm able to sort of show them that it's not it's not that simple and it's not always that easy um but yeah I'm very open and honest with people like with family and friends and with everyone like I'm I'm an open book um when it first started happening I didn't talk to anyone about it but now like I'm I'm open to talk to anyone like I'll tell anyone my story and hoping that it will help someone because I never had that I didn't have anyone around me telling me their story I didn't know anyone that had had an ectopic I didn't even really know anyone that had had a miscarriage like it's I I have I felt like when I was going through this I didn't have anyone supporting me that knew what I was going through um because yeah like my like I said my mum went through IVF to have me but she didn't have any losses she just had failed rounds of IVF um so it like it's been really good being able to talk to my mum but then yeah she never had any losses so it's hard to explain to someone that doesn't know how it feels to be pregnant and then lose the baby what that feels like like it's 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 hard like it's it's definitely really hard to explain that feeling to someone that hasn't had that's been lucky enough to not have to experience that yeah definitely well, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast because I think the idea of our platform is just to like have so many different people. Um, we're having so many different experiences at so many different ages. Um, come on here and share their story so that someone out like you'll definitely help somebody else that will be listening and go, oh, I can relate to even just one thing in your story. Um, we get messages all the time, yeah, from people reaching out saying thank you and you know oh I love today's episode so I know that you're definitely going to help um yeah so many beautiful men and women out there trying to conceive and you know what your little rainbow baby is around the corner and yeah we just wish you all the happiness in the world and definitely keep in touch with us I can't wait to um yeah get some more good news from you definitely thank you thank you so much for having me on I'm I'm glad that I can sort of tell my story I'm sorry if I like talk talk too fast or I don't I, I jump no, like jump backwards and forwards <laughs> <laughs> no all good well thanks a lot Chloe thanks darling okay thank you bye bye Just a reminder to everyone listening that we see you. 
We hear you and you are not alone in this. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram, infertilityandbeyond underscore. Send us a message and let us know what you thought about today's show. And all corresponding links will be in our show notes. All right. Until next time. Bye.